Good morning. It's Saturday morning. It's time for Mike Onesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing all the great music to you every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now we have interviews. We have Ainsley Dunbar. We have David Reese. We have Bobby Caldwell, Davey Patterson. And today we have a very special guest. We have guitarist, vocalist extraordinaire from Blues Bureau, Grooveyard Records, Tony Spinner. Welcome to Renegade Rock. Tony Spinner. Hey, that guy owes me money. He owes me money. I'm going to get him. <laughs> how you doing, Mike? <laughs> Tony, how did you uh, how did you get discovered by Mike Varney? Did you send him a, a tape for the Spotlight column, or how was that? How did that come about? Man, it's weird. I had a, a little band back in 82, and my drummer came over with a record album. His name was Mark Dillingham. He had uh, that Heavy Metal Heroes Volume 1. Right, right. And he goes, check it out, man. Heavy Metal hero so we put it on listen to it and i thought well we're as good as some of those bands on there so he goes there's a phone number on the back you should call it and it says if you want to be on volume two so you know young and dumb i called the phone number got an answer machine and i said you know i was i was really young and 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 ignorant and i said how old were you tony i don't know 1982 and i was so yeah I, I got the machine and I said, hey, this is Tony Spinner. I'm from Missouri. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm the best guitar player in Missouri. If you call, get a phone book and at random pick out any phone number and ask, you know, who's the best guitar player in Missouri, they'll tell you it's Tony Spinner. <laughs> so call me back. You know, that was my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I I was a different it. person back then. I, I wish you had recorded that. That would have been great. Oh, it was ridiculous. So I get back after playing a gig, and my dad, he goes, somebody called here from California. 
And I, I said, oh, no, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, did you make a long-distance phone call? Oh, I was in trouble, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was Mike Varney. And uh, I called him back the next day, and he, he said, well, you know, are you good? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm good, but I wasn't. And uh, he goes, well, play something. And I was embarrassed. So I said, well, I don't have my guitar here. Anyhow, he said, well, make me a tape, and I'll check it out, and I'll tell you what I think. So sent him a tape and it was terrible and he called me back about two weeks later he goes well uh, i got your tape i said oh yeah he goes yeah uh well uh, I, you know it's pretty good I, I don't i don't know if you're ready right now yet but you know I, i'm gonna uh, just stay in touch you know he was really nice that's a pretty good imitation of mike too there <laughs> so i was i was like i wasn't let down i thought yeah i'm not ready and uh, years later, I was doing a showcase or some showcases in New York with a band called White River Monster. This was probably in 92. Was that heavy rock? Yeah, oh, yeah. 91, 92, something like that. And um, we got back and uh, I got a phone call that month a little bit later and it was uh, Mike Varney. Wow. And he, he goes, uh, is this Tony Spinner? And I said, yeah. He goes, hi, this is Mike Varney. And man, my, my, I like clenched up like oh no he thinks i'm terrible because i sent him that awful tape so he goes yeah a friend of mine was in new york and he saw you playing and uh, he said you might be good for our label we're, we're going to do something uh called blues bureau wow and so um i thought oh that's great you know he doesn't know who i am but somebody saw me play so he goes yeah your name sounds really familiar yeah, yeah didn't didn't you send me a tape one time? And I go, no, no, I don't think so. He goes, yeah, yeah, I think you did. And he started playing the cassette, man, over the phone. Oh, my God. He's denying it the whole thing. No, I it didn't do so it. It was so bad. <laughs> but he said, he said um, yeah, my friend says you, you're pretty good, so maybe you got better. Send me another tape. So I, I sent him some more stuff. And he said, yeah, you know, come on out, and we'll, we'll do a couple records. So that's how that happened. Was, was that when I uh, met you at the uh, Cattleman's with Mike Varney? Was that your first visit to California? Sure was. Wow, that was fun. I remember going down there at Prairie Sun, and you had Ainsley Dunbar on your on your first record. How cool is that? That's way cool, man. I, it was, um, yeah, Ainsley's played with everybody from Jeff Beck to... You name it, yeah. Crazy. So, uh, so that was fun. So, so then, what did Mike say? Uh, I, I'm going to sign you to Shrapnel to Blues Bureau here, and yeah, he said, let's do you know three CDs and just see how it goes. So, did you have songs ready already for the disc, or did you get? right to writing tunes right there well i had been writing stuff that wasn't really good for the band that i had that white river monster i was more into hendrix stuff and that band was more like an aerosmith uh type music you know just straight rock and uh, so i wanted to kind of split the difference and mike listened you, to you're a, very talented man you're very talented well, thank you I've, you know i've been doing this since i was eight years old as far as playing I, I remember when mike brought you to the four street tavern in, in san rafael at a kevin russell uh gig and you just picked up that guitar and blew everybody's mind man uh, I don't know about that, but but thanks. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so then you made your first record with with Mike, and then uh, let's take it from there. Okay. Well, let's see what happened after that. In in uh, were you? Did you start touring over in Europe after that, or? I, I remember what happened next. Um, we were finishing uh, doing the mixes for the first CD I did for Mike, and uh, Pat Travers was starting his CD. Yeah, I remember that. Studio. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, 
and uh, he he came in and heard one of the mixes and he asked me if i'd be interested in you know getting together and just seeing how how it worked wow what a compliment uh, man yeah that was he's he's a big hero of mine yeah a lot of us so i ended up playing with him in 93 uh most of that year in his band as a guitar player yeah, so I got to play all the Pat Thrall parts, man. Wow, so much that's fun. cool. Did you do? Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, were you a huge Thrall fan? I remember that. That was a cool. Absolutely, band. absolutely, man. That's all the stuff we grew up with. You know, that's you know that totally. Was a good time. So, what was it like for you to from Arkansas to be there, at Prairie Sun, making your first shrapnel record with with Ainsley Dunbar, and who was on bass on that record? I forgot. That was John Onder. John Onder, yes, yeah, yes. He's one of my friends on Facebook, and what a talented guy he is. That's a, yeah, I knew was, I remembered man. that name from somewhere. It was your first record, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, John was he's super nice guy and a great player. You know. I, I wasn't really ready to make a record. Um, I thought I was, but you know, I listened to it and it's it's okay, but it's it's a good it's, record, uh, Tony. It, really it was is. a good start. It was a good start, and I, I really appreciate that Mike gave me the opportunity to do that because it kept me on a, a better path. Yes, it did, and and all your releases after that were just better than the next. I mean, they got better. Everything you released, the next yeah. one was always better. It was fantastic. That's the whole the whole idea between or between like uh, working with an artist to try to help them grow, you know. And yes. So. so who inspired you? Who was your inspiration as a young kid that made you well, want to play guitar and sing? It was definitely Chuck Berry, uh, Little Richard. It's like fifties rock music, you know. Wow, that's and pretty it cool. Made my foot tap, you know, uncontrollably. So I was into that, and uh, and then I remember seeing Woodstock on television. Alvin and Lee, I, yeah, Alvin Lee, exactly. And uh, that was more like uh, Chuck Berry stuff, but souped up. So I started I'm getting steroids, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then saw Hendrix playing a, a Stratocaster upside down, left handed. That freaked me out. I was like, "Isn't that a country guitar?" You know, I didn't know <laughs> a, a Fender because I was into you know I had a three thirty five. So. And uh, <laughs> you still and have all those old away. Marshalls? Do you still have all your old Marshalls and stuff? No, I, I had. Um, I you had, had a nice collection there. Oh yeah, I sold a, a lot of gear uh, recently, yeah, just because I'm really not playing electric anywhere anymore. Wow, that's um, sad to hear. To right? Yeah, is it because you're not? There's no physical problem with your hands or anything, right? Or no, man, I'd love to love to play, but there's just where I live. There's really nowhere to play. I've talked um, to Craig Erickson about us three doing a project together. Well, let's what are you do waiting it. on? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, what are we, well, I'm right in the middle of a, a new Blindside Blues Band record, but as soon as it's done, I think we should get on it because we're not getting any younger, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, I'm in. Just, just let me know the details. So, so how did you hook up with Toto? Was that after you left Shrapnel? So was that because yeah, that of shrapnel, was, or was that when you went on Grooveyard? Well, that was uh, that was or in later. between. Yeah. Well, what happened after the the Travers thing? Um, I started playing blues on Beale Street. With, yeah. How uh, long did you do Travers? It was just the biggest part of a year. Oh, okay. It was just just touring his uh, blues tracks record, and uh, that was a Barney project. It was really good. A lot of fun, man. Pat. He, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was so green once again, you know. I was uh, in the van. We were going to uh, one of the first gigs, and I was I was like, hey, hey man, do you still have that black Telecaster? Uh, uh, you know, in black. What about the first record? But and. Uh, Pat goes, how about if we be quiet for a while? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's just his voice, too. That's, you do good imitations, man. <laughs> well, uh, it's so funny, but do you know Barry Dunaway? Yes, I do. Bass player, yeah. He he played with Ingvay, and, and anyhow, he, he was playing with Pat at the time. And he goes, oh, come on, Pat, give him a break. Get just excited. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I was learning. So, Tony, we opened up the show with the answer from your release, Earth Music for Aliens, on Groove Road Records. Tell us a little about that tune. It's a great tune, man. Well, thanks. I, I, that's an old tune I did back on a cassette. Um, the, the actual song that I recorded was just on a cassette um, for fun, trying to write songs. And I was listening to a lot of Frank Marino uh, at the time. Which is very and, sad what happened to Frank. Yeah, yeah, I know. Such is life, man. Yes. He had a song called The Answer. Oh, that's a great tune. Yeah, I know. So that, that title was in my head, and I was I was just messing around, digging through cassettes and um, for Joe at the Groove Yard, and I thought, well, this this was a pretty good song. You know, my recording of it wasn't very good, so Joe listened to it and said, yeah, let's, let's record that. So that's how that one came about. Fantastic. Well, this is Mike Onesco. You're listening to Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. We're talking with great guitar player, singer, Tony Spinner. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to go play Dustin Ash from Tony's release, Earth Music and Aliens, and then we'll be right back.
right, we're back here on Renegade Rock with Tony Spinner. Tony, that's a great tune, Dustin Ash. Let's let's hear the story on that one. Dustin Ash, oh my gosh, yeah. That that whole CD is actually pretty good. It's probably my favorite one I've it had is. out yet. But uh, Dustin Ash, uh, how did I come up with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, at least you're times. honest. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I just, I just. Uh, what I usually do is turn my phone on if I have a lick or, a, or an idea for a song, just record the riff, then go through it maybe a month later. And if I still like what I did, I'll make a song out of it. But it's just it's just an old rock song, you know. Oh, I know I know where it came from. You know that song uh, by Sammy Hagar? Oh, what's it called? Uh, dun, 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 dun. Uh, Rock and Roll Weekend. Right, right, I st- right. I stole the riff from Sammy, but I'm sure he won't mind. <laughs> hey, we all steal from everybody, right? Of course. It's all been yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did you end up meeting and getting in Toto and going on tour with Toto as a vocalist? Did you play any guitar on that tour? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown. Uh, a friend of mine um, who plays drums in Nashville, he's played with everybody from Amy Grant to ZZ Top. His name is Greg Morrow. Um, he played on some of the White River Monster stuff, uh, our demos and stuff, and some live gigs. He called me one day and said, what are you doing? I think it was um, probably 98, the end of 98. And so well, I'm, I'm playing blues on Beale Street with the blues band. And uh, he goes, well, I'm sitting there doing a session with this guy. He goes, and his road manager also manages Toto. It's just out of the blue. And I, you know, I went, okay. And he goes, well, they're looking for background singers. And I said, well, I said, yeah, but I'm a guitar player. And he said, yeah, you can sing. <laughs> yeah, you know? but you're a good singer with a high range. Yeah, I just, just never was really interested in singing. But he said, well, you, you know, you should talk to this guy. And I said, well, no, I, I can't imagine being a background singer. It's just, you know, I want to play guitar. So he goes, okay, well, you know, uh, talk to you later. So the phone rang right back, and it was Martin Cole, the manager. And he says, well, you know, come to L.A., meet the bands, free trip, you know. So he talked me into coming out. Well, then I got there, and uh, they liked me. Wow. <laughs> I was stuck, man. Why wouldn't they? You're talented, Tony. You're super talented. Oh, well, thanks, man. But, yeah, uh, Lukather, he was really nice. Um, I was standing there, didn't know what to do with myself, you know, being standing there with the microphone. And uh, the other guy, Buddy Hyatt, that they hired, he said, well, Luke was looking for a, a second guitar part on a couple songs, and he was going to have his uh, guitar tech do it. And then Buddy goes, well, Spinner plays guitar. Evie goes, you play guitar, man? I said, yeah. I said, I'm a guitar player. I'm not a singer. He goes, well, here, can you play this? And said, yeah. So I played the lead. He goes, oh, man, just bring your guitar, you know? So I was like super relieved. He goes, you looked miserable as hell standing there. <laughs> he just said something. So he, he was always real nice. That's cool. So, and then you ended up, didn't you play with Paul Gilbert? Yeah, that was right before the Toto thing. That was another weird story. Um, I, I, we just got caller ID and it was, I don't know, maybe noon. I was still asleep as usual. And the phone rang. This was in 98. It says Paul Gilbert. Yeah. And I thought, well, my dad, he golfs with a guy named Paul Gilbert. He's a lawyer. And I thought, well, what the hell does he want? Right. So I pick up the phone and say, hello. And he goes, hi, is Tony there? And I said, yeah. He goes, hi, this is Paul Gilbert. And I said, hey, Paul. He goes, "Uh, do you know who I am? And I said, yeah, you golf with my dad. And there was a long, (laughs) awkward pause. 
<laughs> he goes, uh, what? And I said, yeah, you golf with my dad. He goes, um, uh, I'm Paul Gilbert, um, the guitar player. And I said, I said, no, you're not. He goes, because, yeah, I said, with Mr. Big, he goes, yeah. And then I woke up. I was like, holy, sh-, you know, that's Paul Gilbert, man. So he said he was doing his first solo record and he was looking for uh, somebody who could sing and play guitar and um, do a tour. So did you do Was that the Beehive tour? That was the one before that. That was uh, was the first CD call he did. Now, was uh, Scotty J on that tour also? Scotty, was he on that one? Let me think. Scotty Johnson, the guy from my Blindside Blues band. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if he if he did the first. I know it was um, Mike Zuder and um, yeah, Kelly Lemieux. Right, right, right. I can't remember if was Scotty was on that Scotty one. Scotty did the Beehive tour, I think, live Beehive. Yeah. Well, we did a couple couple things together. I, yeah, I think he was on that one. I have to go back. Paul's a cool guy. He really is. Oh, Yeah. There's so many good players out there, man, and nice people, too. I know yeah. it is. It's we're, we're so lucky. Mike turned us on to so many cool connections. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it, it pretty much all started with Mike Varney, you know? It, without Mike, we would we would have nothing, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, it would, it would be different, for sure. It would be different. So, Tony, tell us uh, what what is going on now with your career and your uh, life. Are you still with the Grooveyard Records? Yeah, we um we had a record come out. What was that called? The last one. Uh, Love is the Answer. And uh, that's another good record. I like that one and um, maybe the last three that, that we had out. Were those all recorded in, in, in your home studio also? Well, I did some of the songs I did here, uh, just my parts, and then took the stuff overseas. And then uh, some of them, I, once I got the Pro Tools or Logic, and I got finally got high-speed internet, you know, so we, we could send files back and forth. So right, that's, both, that's cool. That makes it so much easier. Well, this is great to talk to you. I, I mean, it was so much fun, those early uh, Blues Bureau days. I mean, now we're like considered grandfathers, you know? Yeah, it's funny, man. I, I that's, that's why it's so hard to find anywhere to play, because, you know, we were in vogue at that time. And uh, now it's like uh, the younger folks look at us like, <laughs> you you old folks you know what I mean man so yeah but you know uh, for some reason there's a big blindside blues band following in Europe and, and and in Poland and places like that and and the Czech Republic and Slovakia it's just, yeah it's it's always been better overseas you know but uh after we had covid and, and all that mess it's kind of kind of put a stop to the touring yeah when you toured europe did you just tour france because you were pretty big in france weren't you or, or was it the netherlands we did everywhere i mean yeah the netherlands germany uh what did you do just fly over by yourself with the, your with your guitar yeah i i sent a couple amps over there in uh in advance yes oh well that was smart fender was was like loaning me an amp to use but every time i got it it was broke <laughs> You know, from the last person that borrowed it. So I thought, I'm just going to buy a couple amps, you know. Right, right. Oh, that's cool. That was smart. Because you were doing that. I mean, you were over there year after year. I mean. Yeah, well, that that's because of Toto. I mean, I think it first started because, you know, uh, the agency could book me because I had been with Toto or I was still with Toto. Right, right. And uh, it was easy for them to book me. But the problem was then people would say, play Toto songs. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, Toto's a separate thing. You need to go on Rock Palace with the Tony Spinner band. Man, that would have been cool. 
I always liked that show. I remember seeing Mother's Finest on there, you know, from like 78, and that's still one of my favorite programs. It is. That's the coolest rock class. It's like the best. Tony, it's been great talking to you. I, I want to ask you one question. What what do you have to say for any young up-and-coming guitar player in the business or someone who, you know, has dreams like we did years ago of, you know, touring the world and being stars? And you let our listeners know right now. Well, this is my advice. Do what you feel. Don't worry about getting in the business of it because business kills fun. <laughs> so do it for fun, first of all. Don't, um, don't compromise yourself. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Just do what you like, and it'll catch on. Very good advice from a great guitar player, singer, songwriter, vocalist in Toto. Fantastic. That's right. I did. I think I did see a clip of you guys somewhere in in Japan, maybe where you were where you were playing a, a guitar with Steve Lukather. Was that that instrumental you were talking about? Yeah, we did. I remember a couple times Steve would, he told me one night, he goes, hey, Spinner, we're going to play a child's anthem tonight. And I went, well, okay, what's child's anthem? He goes, dude, it's our, the first song off the first LP, you know, but I didn't have any of the records. So uh, he goes, I want you to come down front, walk out to the front stage, and we'll play the harmony together. And I said, well, Steve, I've never heard this song. He goes, here's your part. You know, just told me real quick. And, and that no was it. No way. And then you went out on stage and did it? Well, I thought he's got to be kidding, you know, because I don't know this. <laughs> so I go over to Dave on the keyboard. I said, Dave, do you know Child's Anthem? He goes, oh, yeah, we're going to play that tonight. And I said, well, how's it going? He went, oh, bad, 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 bad. <laughs> and I'm supposed to play harmony. So I, I'm freaking out. And our wardrobe girl, Pascal, she had all the CDs. And I said, hey, do you have the one with, with the, this song, Child's Anthem? She goes, yeah. And I said, can I hear it? So I listened to so it. So you were cramming right there, right? Oh, man. And then we went out there and, you know, the, the curtain opened up and the song started. And I started walking down front to Steve. And I just, I thought, I am going to just blow this. But somehow <laughs> I pulled it off. And then he said, yeah, man, that's it. So it, looked great. <laughs> it sounded great. I was like, wow, Tony's up there with Steve Lukather. How cool is that? And he always had more confidence in me than I had in myself. But, you know, he, he pushed me pretty hard uh, to get me to to try to expand my horizons, man. <laughs> Tony, you're super talented. You, I mean, you're, I, I have nothing but praise for you. And I adore all your music and and I've just been a fan ever since I met you, so. Right back at you, Mikey. All right. Well, listen, thanks, Tony, for coming. I'm Mike Onesco's Renegade Rock, and uh, hopefully maybe we uh, will be working soon with Craig Erickson. Wouldn't that be fun? I think that would be a good thing to do, man. I think that's the next thing we need to do right there. Okay. Well, we'll get on it then. Tony Spinner on Renegade Rock. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Mike.
Just your baby. 